0: What is the two year LLM program at Georgetown, and, and how did you end up joining or participating in it?
1: Yes. So, the, of course, the um, standard LLM is just for one year where you have um, a specialized field of law. And I chose tax LLM because that's what I practice in the Philippines.
0: Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. All Welcome a- to the U.S. Law Essentials Law and Language Podcast, the legal English podcast for non-native English speakers that helps you improve your English listening, improve your legal English vocabulary, and build your knowledge of American legal culture. Hi, this is Daniel. And before we begin today's episode... I want to remind you that U.S. Law Essentials offers online courses in legal English and online courses in U.S. law. Our courses are designed for international attorneys, students, translators, and bar candidates. If you have any questions, please contact Daniel at Daniel at uslawessentials.com. Also, please visit us at uslawessentials.com and join us on Facebook and LinkedIn. And now today's episode. Hello and welcome to the US Law Essentials Law and Language podcast. I'm Stephen Horowitz and today we continue our series of interviews with multilingual lawyers with our special guest, Diane Miano. Diane is a lawyer originally from the Philippines and graduated from Georgetown Law with a master's of law in taxation and a certificate in international taxation as well as a certificate in legal English. Notably, she was also in the two-year LLM program which is the program in which I teach, although she had completed her two-year LLM program courses before I began teaching in it. Uh, Prior to studying at Georgetown, she graduated from the University of the Philippines, Manila, cum laude, with a major in behavioral studies, and then she got her JD from the Ateneo de Manila University. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yes. Yes, you did. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Um, subsequently, she practiced for seven years in the tax advisory group of Reyes Takan and Company, uh, and also completed a legal externship at the United Nations headquarters with the General Legal Division Office of Legal Affairs there. Uh, and more recently, she joined the World Bank Group as a consultant in the International Finance Corporation's International Tax Unit. She's currently a member of the American Bar Association, um, the Alabama State Bar. We'll we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> and the Integrated Bar of the Philippines. So welcome, Diane.
1: Hello, Stephen. Thank you so much for having me. And it is my pleasure to be here.
0: Great. Um, so let's see. The First, I just want to Talk briefly about how we know each other and how we first met because uh, I never really taught you but I sort of kind of taught you. <laughs> yeah you were
1: familiar but we haven't really met.
0: So we, we originally sort of met when when we during the pandemic when Georgetown offered the online legal English course that I had developed um, and it was it was just an optional thing that students could do, and you had registered for it. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, it was it didn't ha- the way I set it up. There wasn't a lot of opportunity for interaction, <laughs> so I think we didn't really meet at that time.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I started teaching in the two year LLM program at Georgetown. But you were already by the time I did that, you were already in the tax LLM yes. uh, part of your program. Um, and, and let's see, so you're from the Philippines, um, mm-hmm. what, what languages do you speak in addition mm-hmm. to English?
1: Um, so our national language is Filipino, or they call it Tagalog, but it, there are a lot of dialects, so I also speak Cebuano.
0: When you were working in law in the Philippines, mm-hmm. were you using all three of those languages?
1: Um, in conversations, but at work, we use English, because English is also our official language and there's a, there's a history to that why English is an official language, because we the Philippines was a territory of the United States before. That's why we adopted that.
0: So if I went and worked in the same office where you worked in the Philippines, and I could speak English but nothing else, um, and i and I knew all about Philippines law.) <laughs> Would I still have any trouble functioning in the office? Would would there still be um, language that I probably wouldn't have that would be helpful to me in my work?
1: Well, you could actually survive with just the English language. Um, even us, uh, in school and at work, we use English, so it's it's perfect. It's just fine.
0: Um, so after you after you studied in the Philippines, you came mm-hmm. to the U.S. Was that your first time? Um, living in another country?
1: Yes, living, yes.
0: And, and what was it like coming to the U.S.? What, what kind of cultural contrasts did you become
1: aware of? Well, of course, the language. I mean, even if we speak English, you have a different accent, and we just need to get used to that, and we need to converse as if it's really our native language rather than in the Philippines when we only use it in official communications, like at work or in school. And the culture itself is very different. Of course, the Philippines is a third world country and the US is a first world country. So all those differences in the workplace and in school as well, I've experienced that when I went to Georgetown and when I work here.
0: Um, And what about the food?
1: The food, it's okay. I mean, I like the food here generally. It's just strange because in the Philippines, we always have rice in our meals three times a day. And here, that's the main adjustment because we don't usually have rice as our staple.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. Um... So now let me ask you about the two-year LLM program, uh, because that's something that's kind of unique at, at Georgetown. I think there's a few other law schools um, that might have something like it. And and I used to teach a two-year LLM program at St. John's Law School. What is the two-year LLM program at Georgetown, and and how did you end up joining or participating in it?
1: Yes. So, the of course, the um, standard LLM is just for one year where you have um, a specialized field of law. And I chose tax LLM because that's what I practice in the Philippines. But the two-year program is an extended version where you get to take other maybe um, pre-bar subjects in the first year and other um, English courses just to help you adjust to um, the US work environment. So I took that. Of course, I wanted to have a tax LLM um, degree. And there are, there, I also considered that because I was trying to satisfy my requirements for US citizenship. So because it's a longer program, then um, I would be able to satisfy the five-year physical presence requirement faster through that rather than just the regular one-year program.
0: And and what kinds of things did you learn in the two-year program or did you study or focus on?
1: Well, actually, the first year was very helpful for me because they, not just the technical or the substantial part of law, but they taught us how to um, write, read, and answer exams, which was very fundamental for me in pursuing um, actually the tax LLM and in working here.
0: And then um, how was your experience in the tax LLM program? Was it easy because you'd already done taxation in, in the Philippines or was it challenging in, in new ways?
1: It was familiar because I did tax law in the Philippines, but of course, U.S. tax tax law is still different, so I needed to learn a lot of things. Some were similar to Philippine tax laws but a lot were also different. and the challenges brought by the pandemic made it harder because it was hard to learn tax law from zoom so yeah that, that was something else.
0: what uh, if you could if you could give advice to your to yourself a couple of years ago before you started the tax part of the of the LLM program what are some things you might, uh, what are what are some what's some advice that you might give yourself or some suggestions?
1: Before I started the tax program, it was a normal year, so I had, I mean, I really planned it, but of course, things didn't work out because of the pandemic. So I guess that's one thing to keep in mind that you sh- you should be ready for whatever changes there might be, and it it wouldn't always turn out the way you planned it to be, so you just really have to adapt to it and just do it.
0: And did you have a favorite course in the tax LLM program?
1: Oh, I loved international tax courses.
0: Yeah. And what what did you cover? or What did you like about it?
1: Um, like maybe because I'm not a native U.S. tax law practitioner, so really my default was Philippine tax law. And international tax was not purely US tax law, it was kind of in the middle. So it it was easier for me, I think, rather than federal tax law or state tax. It was it was just in the middle. And it was yeah, easier for me because I already encountered cross border transactions before and concerning different jurisdictions. So yeah. And, and let
0: me step back a little bit and ask you, what what drew you to tax law originally in the Philippines?
1: Um, I've worked in an accounting firm for um, almost eight years before, so I practiced tax. And that was my first job after I graduated law school while waiting for the results of the bar. I didn't really plan originally to go and practice tax law but when I was starting my job search that was the first offer I got and accepted it and I guess I liked it so I stayed.
0: Is there anything in particular you like about tax law because I I remember (laughs) I used to talk to tax lawyers and they would tell me I I, I learned that tax lawyers seem to like law practice more than other lawyers (laughs) and they say things like it's like going to work and doing puzzles or i get to go to work and and try to screw over the government (laughs) (laughs) is there is there anything that in particular that does any of that resonate with you
1: Um, well actually it's not one of my favorite courses in law school actually it was one of the most challenging ones but i had to do it because it was required and maybe that challenge was what moved me to pursue it because um, unlike the other courses tax in itself is really hard but they said um in, in terms of job search later on i mean it will pay off and you there are a lot of opportunities so yeah that, that's it i
0: i always i took one tax course in law school and i always remember our professor having to do some sort of math equation on the board and then he said he made a mistake and he was laughing about it. And, he, and he's told us lawyers should never do math in public.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's why we are lawyers. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so and then you
0: worked for the United Nations uh, for a little bit. Uh, what, what was that like? And was that tax related at all?
1: Yeah, so I was in the two-year program, so I did my externship in the summer between my first and second years. But during that time, the pandemic already hit, especially New York, so it was very well. And I didn't do tax law. It was more of international law, general international law. But I had some tax-related um, projects that were given to me, so... Yeah, it was. Um, I really wanted to try working in an international organization like the UN, and also because I'm an international student and a foreign lawyer, so I think it was really easier for me through that course rather than with other U.S. employers. And then
0: um, you you took and passed the bar in the U.S., mm-hmm. but you didn't do it. In the traditional way that many LLMs do it, right? Like most LLMs take the New York bar or the California <laughs> bar or maybe the DC bar. But you ended up taking the Alabama
1: bar. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Have you heard, were you? Had you heard of Alabama before you came to the U.S.?
1: <laughs> I've heard of Alabama from the movie Sweet Home Alabama. <laughs> that's, ah, there you go. That's how it got familiar. But yes, I um it's not the usual way to get admitted to a u.s bar but i kind of circumvented it and um i got i got in anyway so it was a longer route for me but i'm it didn't occur to me right away it was after some time when i did some more research when i figured out that, oh th- this way is also possible so yeah
0: and, and have you have you uh, visited? Have you had the chance to visit Alabama?
1: Yes, I did once last year when during our admission ceremony we had an in-person in normal ceremony last year. So that was great. that was the first time I've been there.
0: Was it in in Montgomery?
1: Yes, it, yes. It, it was nice because there's a lot of history apparently there. Um, things that you studied in constitutional law about. Rosa Parks, so it was, it was very educational for me,
0: too. I, I just went to Alabama for the first time in my life this summer. We, I was driving with my family across the U.S., and we, we mm-hmm. went through northern Alabama at one point because my daughter wanted to see Helen Keller's childhood home. That's in uh-huh. northern Alabama, so we did it, and it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of neat stuff there, uh, if you look around. So
1: yeah it is it's interesting
0: and then um this past summer you worked at the world bank is that right mm-hmm.
1: so i worked at the world bank since january 2021 until june 22. so yeah
0: oh so not just the summer this was a longer
1: period. Yes, yeah. i was with them for one and a half years
0: and and what kind of work did you do with the world bank and what was that, that like that was in washington dc i assume
1: yes but it was all virtual, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm just from, working from home. Um, I worked, actually, with the International Finance Corporation, which is the private sector arm of the World Bank. And it is headquartered also in Washington, D.C. So I'm part of the International Tax Team, which is a small team under the Compliance and Business Risk Division. I did international tax.
0: And, and what was the most interesting project or, or matter that you got to work on during your time there? <laughs>
1: A lot, actually. I dealt with, well, mostly we deal with private entities in developing countries. Those who apply for loans, we review the transactions and different structures. those That's what I do normally on a day-to-day basis. But we also get, I think for me, the interesting part is when we get to attend um, conferences of the UN tax Committee, the OECD, those things. But that's what I really liked about it.
0: And and let me ask you, how how did you find these opportunities with the United Nations and with the, the <laughs> World Bank?
1: Um, basically networking. That's that's really it. So for the UN, I attended webinars before in georgetown and i learned that some students went to the un so i asked them how they did it and where to find opportunities and i looked for it myself and it was not um i think you call it student initiated program so i had to have it accredited by georgetown because it's not in its original database so yeah that's how I found my UN job. And for the World Bank, um, it was also originally through networking. Um, I, I if, if I could mention that there's a Filipino professor in the tax program who I reached out to and he connected me to other practitioners mainly filipinos who practice tax law in the D.C. area and so that's how i got it um he introduced me to someone working at the world bank at imf and they sent me job postings which they think um i could qualify and i applied and that's how i got it
0: and in in these jobs at the united nations and at the world bank were you working primarily in english or was there any need to use other languages at times?
1: Um, they require, one, to speak any of the official languages of the UN or the World Bank, and English is one of them, so that's really okay. I mean, that's the main language anyway. But I would suggest that if you would like to work in those international organizations, French is um, yeah, a very good asset, a very good language to learn. And of course, other languages like Spanish or Arabic, Chinese, those are good plus.
0: were were there ever situations where there were meetings or discussions or emails happening in other languages? and if you didn't know those languages, it was a little bit harder to to engage <laughs>
1: Yeah, so. For some documents, they were in French or in other languages, so we need to consult someone who speaks French or we need to use some um, online translator. And also for other meetings with, let's say, um, Caribbean counterparts, they just assume that you speak Spanish, so it would be helpful if someone in the team um, speaks that language.
0: And do you speak any of those other languages?
1: No, I just speak English. Yeah, that's basically it's just a bit. Well, I understand a little Spanish because, of course, there's a history also to that. The Philippines was once a colony of Spain. So we kind of also understand that.
0: Um, And now currently you're looking for uh, your next your next adventure and your next opportunity. What's how's that been?
1: Yeah, well, it's exciting. It's actually the first time to be actively looking for a job, especially here in the US. So I'm also learning about the process, about all the um, job submissions, interviews, the recruiters. Yeah, it's a bit different for me. And is there
0: is there something specific you're looking for? Are you looking to work in private practice or are you looking to work with an international organization?
1: Well, now I'm trying also to apply for private corporations and in specific industries and maybe hopefully with federal government because there are a lot of opportunities. But yeah, that has something to do also with my citizenship. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that it'll open more opportunities.
0: Oh, well, we we've talked to several immigration lawyers on this um, on this podcast previously. Maybe I should we could connect you with those. But I'm sure you I'm sure you figured out a lot of the the ins and outs by this point, and, and have the support you need. Yeah. Do you have any advice you might give to future LLM students thinking about coming to Georgetown, both with regard to the two year LLM program and with regard to the tax LLM program?
1: Sure. Um, For the two-year LLM program, I know it's not very common, so maybe not everyone knows about it. But if you really want to start a career in the U.S., take the bar, um, find a job, it would be helpful because um, it will give you all the fundamentals that you need. And you would also be able to have your specialization in the second year. But of course, it will take you longer. And specifically for the tax LLM, Sports Georgetown is one of the top three tax LLMs in the U.S. That's why I considered it. And it's located in Washington, D.C. There are a lot of opportunities there. So it's very ideal and I, I highly recommend it.
0: Good perspective. Really helpful perspective. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I work with students in the two-year program. And they definitely appreciate uh, how well prepared they feel by the time they get to the to the second year of the program, they're much more comfortable and confident, and it seems like you had that experience as well.
1: Yes, I did.
0: And and uh, lastly, I want to ask you: um, Is there anything right now that you're reading or listening to, or or, t- or shows or movies that you've watched or watching that you might recommend?
1: Mm. Oh, probably shows um right now i'm watching house of the dragon (laughs) the game of thrones and um the lord of the rings also um what to call this uh ring of power Uh, and yeah those two um i watch it every week so and i'm re-watching the crown because of Queen elizabeth so (laughs) it's, it's very interesting
0: Oh, very topical. I, I, yeah, yeah. I have to admit, I have, not, I have never watched Game of Thrones. I feel like I know a lot about it just because, mm-hmm. you know, through osmosis and, you know, you just hear and see things about it. But I still have yet to watch an episode of Game of Thrones. Yeah, it, so I, I think I need to start.
1: Yeah, I recommend all those <laughs> I mentioned.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Diane, for, for joining us here today.
1: Thank you also for having me.
0: Um, And for our listeners out there, uh, keep listening and stay essential.